I confess, I wish I would have discovered masturbation when I was younger. Uh, had I gotten familiar with my, they call it the downstairs mix-up. <laughs> had I gotten familiar with my downstairs mix-up at an earlier age, I wouldn't have left it to some teenage boy to figure out. <sighs> Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. Ever since that fateful day, in my great aunt's house when I discovered that I could achieve a wet dream while I wasn't dreaming. <laughs> Masturbation has largely been a pleasurable pursuit. Now, I'm not the kinkiest of people, but thanks in no small part to bedposts, it has been something I'd wanted to explore further, but for which I'd lacked the proper partner. For reference, the day after I broke up with the girlfriend, I won an erotic poetry slam and received a pair of candy nipple tassels. They expired before I could eat them off of anyone else's or even my own nipples. <laughs> Indeed, it has been years since I played with the light bondage kit that I won here at Bedpost, or poured candle wax on somebody, or had my blood underneath somebody's fingernails. So there I was, with an itch to scratch but no one to scratch it with, until I decided that I would scratch myself myself. It was time to make my masturbation life more interesting. I'd begun to notice that something in my self-pleasure was lacking. Sure, I would chop down the usual morning wood and polish off an erection when they occurred, but it was all along the lines of have boner, will masturbate. <laughs> and I sought to break away from this laissez-faire attitude towards my own self-pleasure. <laughs> I investigated my underdeveloped sex drawer the lube had, osmos had osmosisized outside of itself or something, and the whole bottle was just coated in it, kind of moist and sticky, but not quite wet. And I checked, and none of my condoms were expired, and that made me feel good about myself. And I slapped one of them on and masturbated with a condom on for the first time in years, and that was different. My lube had probably sweated more of itself outside of the bottle than I'd ever actually used, and so I put some of that to use, and that was like a whole different stimulation. I had this marathon sex delay spray prolonger. Um, that, that's what it called itself. I ordered it online because it pushed me past the free shipping threshold. It had also sweated or gotten frisky with the lube, and I used the prolonger, and I'm not sure if it prolonged or not, because my sample size isn't statistically valid, but I gave it a go, and it was different. I began to look forward to my masturbations. I would play my Spotify bedroom playlist that I had never actually played for anybody, in no small part because I don't have premium. Getting stuck in traffic now became foreplay. 
I had always enjoyed being seduced while I was actually trying to do other things. And so I began seducing myself, and this was excellent. Now I could masturbate while also doing something else and do two things that I wanted to do at the same time. I especially enjoyed masturbating while also reading articles about Magic the Gathering. Then I found myself stoned, which is rare, and what fun that was. I was quite stoned and would forget things that were happening and lose track of time, so my left hand hardly knew what the right was doing. In the one was assuredly the greatest webcomic of all time, and in the other was my penis, very hard but in a nonchalant and non-demanding way just waiting for me to remember that I was also masturbating and we had some work to do. And then, and then it was April, and tax season is especially sad for the self-employed. And I was lonesome and unhappy and broke and all sorts of things, and they all combined to rob my sex drive and my boner of me. I was depressed. My once alert morning wood was no wood at all, and perhaps most resembled a sad taquito. <laughs> there I was, amidst a time in which I had actively decided... Next time you're at the Donut Taco Palace and pondering a taquito, you're welcome. <laughs> there I was, amidst a time in which I had actively decided to spice up my masturbation life and my penis was now only good for aiming urine, and it wasn't even very good at that. <laughs> it was the incidental boners which I missed the most. It can arouse itself for no good reason at all. Gravel roads, for instance. And it's nice every once in a while to know that it's there and still doing its thing. It's kind of like a puppy, in that sometimes puppies want to play even though you don't. Whether my penis is desperate or is an eternal optimist is something I've yet to decipher, but for the time being, it was neither of those, and the boner function was just not functional. I regarded my newly inert penis with a bit of fascination. It hadn't done this to me before, and I was curious how long it could keep it up. It was actually quite the wake-up call for me regarding my mental health. I had known I was in a bad place, but I didn't know how bad it was until flaccidity became my new norm. Making it harder to fall asleep, wanting to nap more often, wrapping everything in a vague sort of ennui is one thing, but taking away my morning wood crosses the line. This is my birthright. My father got morning woods, and his father before him. <laughs> Centuries of Dodsons have awoken with a hard cock, and I wouldn't let it die with me. So naturally, I consulted the internet in a miserly attempt to better my mental health, and it assured me I wasn't alone in having my boner run away, and I sought to better myself with my cock as my newfound mental barometer. I started doing all the live a better life things that I probably should have done to get me out of my funk earlier, and some time later, I awoke in the middle of the night, my penis resembling wood again, or perhaps an intimidating taquito.
I didn't masturbate because I value a good night's sleep, but I smiled and felt a corner had been turned, which was good because I had other sexy things to do with myself. I had long been curious to wear women's underwear. It would moisten my ex-girlfriend's day to hear this. The advantage of wearing the opposite gender's undergarments within a partnership is that you don't have to buy them. <laughs> but with no one to borrow from, I trekked to the mall and paid visit to Victoria's Secret. Public speaking does not intimidate me nearly as much as shopping for myself in a Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I hadn't been to one before. New things intimidate me. What if they like asked if I needed help and what size I was looking for and I said size 32. My jig would be up. <laughs> I walked all around the mall and passed it once and circled around and went in and found myself eyeing this nice zebra number. But it had more fabric than I wanted. I wanted a thong and I wanted it skimpy. I picked out a saucy little gray piece because I felt the dull color would match my insipid personality. <laughs> Wearing the thong itself was not quite what I had expected. My package felt uncomfortably gratuitous. I had expected to be flattered, but in truth, this thing was not meant for a cock at all. Like a sloppy joe that's just too messy to eat, there was just too much meat. The ass was a different story. As a cyclist, I've grown used to tight clothing that would hug and support my buttocks, but I didn't quite anticipate how much the thong would seek to insinuate itself amongst them. I checked myself out in the mirror and learned that a mediocre ass in a thong is still a mediocre ass. It just proclaims it more loudly. Furthermore, I became aware that any sort of erection would only give myself a wedgie. And that's... That's far more of a catch-22 than you get with male undergarments. Wearing it in public, I was surprised by how innocuous it became. What I was hoping for was a continuous feeling of having a nutty secret. I didn't quite get that. I just felt more pressure atop my ass than I was used to, and a continuous unease at the idea that my penis had escaped its meager coverings. With all that said, I felt sexy wearing it. I particularly liked having my hands on my hips and feeling my naked hip bones and thinking, yeah, I'm going to get myself later. <laughs> Lying on my bed, looking at the strap across my hips was mildly arousing, but I suspect it may only be because I'm used to seeing thongs on people who have less packages and nicer asses. <laughs> Next time, however, I'd go for boy shorts, or perhaps something from the Victoria's Secret cheeky line for some support. This will also allow me to get that zebra print I was eyeing. The panties themselves, I'm sure I'll wear again, but they're probably ultimately destined for a regifting. All of this was mere foreplay, however, 
as I knew the time had come to finger my asshole. <laughs> Much as we know more about the surface of the moon than we do the depths of the Marianas Trench, so too had I known foreign bodies more intimately than my own recesses. I sought out to set the mood for myself. I had been wearing my sexiest thong, listening to my Spotify bedroom playlist, now on a free trial of premium. It ended up being a confused affair. I had used more lube by myself than all my previous lube uses combined, but it was if, as if my pinky had not spoken friend and thus could not enter. It required concentration enough that while I set about these uncharted lands, my boner grew disinterested. Eventually, I too called it quits, and my efforts left me with naught but a series of soft farts. But I was only mildly deterred. A couple days later, I tried again, and I failed again, and then I paused to consult the internet and trim a fingernail. I went at it with renewed vigor. Entrance was gained, but it felt more like I was in a foyer when I wanted to visit the living room. I finagled around and felt, found something that felt interesting and took with it for a bit. It was at this point that I realized I wasn't sure what was supposed to happen. Was I supposed to get like a separate orgasm, which can happen without any help from the penis, or does it level up the penile orgasms with which I'm so familiar? I wasn't sure. My hands were too busy to ask the internet. But in this case, my boner did a much better job of staying alert, and I left my anus for the familiar pasture of my cock and had a fantastic orgasm. It was above the average, but below the fantastic, anally stimulated orgasm I had hoped awaited me, even though I didn't know what that was. I tell you what. The one thing I didn't expect to find upon fingering my own asshole was a kind of confused ambivalence. <laughs> While this ultimate success eluded me, I had spent an hour and a half playing with my naked self and enjoying it, and that was its own victory. Pleasuring myself no longer was an addendum to my other activities for the evening, but was the focus of several evenings itself, and that was well worth all the lube and baby wipes and the thong I had bought for myself. Bed Post Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. Okay, I confess, I've been hanging out with a sadist. I've been spanked, bitten, and explored pleasure point torture. Bruises and bite marks are hard to explain, and... We've never even kissed or oh. fucked yet. Kinky. Yes. <laughs> I confess. My fantasy is having my wife reverse cow cowgirl me <clears throat> in a suite at the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. It gets better. 
with pizza in my right hand. Yes. Whiskey in my left. And ranch on her right butt cheek. <laughs> and barbecue sauce on her left one.